want to thank everybody for being here this morning. Uh, I don't know. You know, we actually got a little bit of rain and everything, and I don't know what was going on, but at my house this morning, we had some. We had a pretty good shower, Then I got up checking on things, and I opened up the door, and I bet the wind at my house was blowing 50, 60 miles an hour. I don't know what was going on. The trees were just all laying over, and I didn't know if we was going to have some more severe weather or what, but in a minute it passed by. So I don't know if y'all had that or not, but uh, I don't know if I was just the lucky one. And, uh, but anyway, uh, before we get into, the, in, into our service this morning, uh, as most of you know, Janie's mom, Elwanda Baker, passed away. And she was uh, 94, lived a good long life, but she was ready to go. Uh, I know I had visited with her at the nursing home and everything, and uh, so we lost her. Uh, Janie and <clears throat> Tommy will meet with the uh, funeral home in the morning, and uh, be more information as to when the service will take place and everything after they meet, and we'll be sure to let everybody know. And uh, I just want to say something else. Y'all be sure, keep Betty Glenn in prayer. She lost a son. What was it, Tuesday night or Wednesday? Wednesday, Wednesday night. And uh, I did get to go, she called me, and I did get to go to the hospital over at uh, Weatherford in the emergency room. Got to have prayer with him, talk with him, meet with him. And you know, that young man was so ready to meet Jesus. He was looking forward to going. He couldn't understand why the Lord hadn't took him home yet. And uh, in a little while, Betty's daughter, Rhonda, was there, and she pulled out her telephone, and she started playing a song on it, Amazing Grace. Jeff laid there in that bed, arms raised up, praising God, giving Him glory. And I'll tell you what, that young man, he knew his Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And I got to thinking about both of those when we were singing that song. Oh, what a day it will be when I look upon his face. They're looking upon Jesus' face right now. There's no more sickness. There's no more hurting. There's no more cancer. There's no more anything. There's no more tears. There's only joy now for them because they're in the presence of God. So there's just joy now. And when you watch somebody go through something, sometimes it's such a, a relief to you because you know where they're at, that they are no longer hurting, suffering, and going through the things that they was going through here. And uh, so I was so amazed at the way they looked at death. I think that's the way we all ought to look at death. If you know the Lord Jesus Christ, this is not it. It's still coming. It's still going to happen. Just be ready. Be joyful. Have your faith in Jesus. And know for sure where you're going to be. And that makes it so much easier on your family too. And uh, this week, they're beginning to kind of open up the hospitals a little bit. And uh, even the care centers. I know I got to go to two different hospitals this week and visit and be with people. Uh, I was at two different care centers. Uh, 
I talked to Sherry. She's, she's out here at Springtown at that new one. And we was talking, and she may get out of there. Uh, I think it's about uh, the 20th. They may be going to release her. She's doing good and everything. We had prayer. We had a good visit. And then I went and I saw JB. He was in there. Uh, Dale's father at Azel. Uh, and then just uh, got to talk with several people out there that I'd run into. And it, it was a good week. It was a good week. You know, sometimes God just does things that you, sometimes you wonder is, Lord, you just kind of shake your head. Lord, what are you up to now? He's always got something going for us. Just have faith, trust in Him, and above all, believe in His Word and in His promises. And uh, so like Tommy said, now this coming Wednesday, we're going to start back our Wednesday night services. You know, it's time to open the church up, get everything going like it should be. We've been closed down long enough. We need to be in here praising God, giving Him the glory, coming into His presence. That's right in the middle of the week. That kind of gives you just a little more time there because many times in the middle of the week, we forget about worshiping God. We're too busy. We've got other things going. So y'all set aside Wednesday night, 6.30, and then at 7, we will have a Bible study. So y'all just please be here. And let's give God all the glory for everything. Uh, the message I wanted to bring to you this morning, it's really about you. It's giving thanks to you for a decision that you made. If y'all, I don't know if y'all noticed what my title was, but I titled this message, The Christian Decision. Every one of us had to make a decision at one time in our life, whether or whether or not, to accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Some are still debating on whether to make that decision. But I think probably everybody in here has made that decision. And you made a great decision whenever you decided to let Jesus Christ come into your life. Maybe if you're here today, you call yourself a Christian, and you made a decision for Jesus Christ, and I hope you realize the commitment that you have made. You've made a commitment. You've made a commitment to God. Now you need to stand by that commitment. Just think back of all the blessings that God has put in your life. All the things that God has done for you. To love Him, serve Him, to honor Him for all that He's done. And yet, for all that He's going to do. He's not finished. He's not through. God has still got a lot to do with a lot of us in our lives. He's not through with us. It all depends on what kind of commitments you've made and whether you're going to stand by that commitment, whether you're going to honor God with the commitments you made. You, when you said, Jesus Christ, come into my heart, you made a commitment. You were saying, Jesus, I need you in my life. I've tried to run my life, and I've made a pretty good mess of it at times. I want you in my life. I want you guiding me and directing me in what you want me to do. 
And that takes a pretty good commitment. You know, probably some of you remember the day you came forward and confessed Christ. You confessed Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. When you come in here, you probably stood before the church and proclaiming to the, your desire to be a Christian. You know who put that desire in there? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was drawing you to God. The Holy Spirit was wanting you to commit and give your life to God. I don't know about y'all, but I know that that mirror during my life when I was growing up, I made a pretty good mess of mine. But you know, when I come to God, he started doing some work. Oh, he's still got work to do. He's still got work to do, but he's still doing it. He's not through with us. He's got other things for us to do. So just keep trusting and having faith in God. Yeah, you proclaimed that you wanted to be a Christian. You wanted to be united with Christ because you've been washed in the blood. How many have been washed in the blood? Have you been washed in the blood? Have you done, have you proclaimed Jesus and his shed blood and what he did on the cross? How many times sometimes you just sit there and you think about, Lord, you did so much for me. When you got on that cross, Lord, I can't even begin to thank you for all that you did, for your pain, your suffering, for the humiliation that you went through because you love me. Sometimes we forget. We don't mean to, but we forget. We're human, and God understands we're human. But he also did something else. That day that you accepted Jesus Christ, he did something. He placed inside of you the Holy Spirit. And I, if we'll just stop and think, I bet every one of you have had the desire and the urge to pray, to praise God at times, and you sit and you talk to yourself, boy, where did that come from? It's the Holy Spirit reminding us that we owe God such a great debt. We never want to forget about what he did and what he's still doing. Every one of you out there, God is still doing something in your life. Most, a lot of people say, well, I'm getting on up in age. I don't believe God can use me anymore. Remember Abraham. He didn't even start with Abraham until he was 75 years old. He did a great work in Abraham. And he can still do a great work in you if you'll just say yes and commit to God and say, Lord, whatever you call me to do, that's what I'm going to do. Most of us don't want to make that commitment. We're scared. Can I do what God calls me to do? Yes, you can, because it's not you doing it on your own. It's the Holy Spirit working in you, opening doors. He'll open doors that no man can shut if he calls you to do something. He'll put people in your life that will help you do what God has called you to do. You're not doing it on your own. I don't know if I can do it. No, you can't. But God can through you. Nothing is impossible for God. God can do anything with anyone if you will just let him do it. 
When you committed to God that day, it's like you were saying, God, I want you in my life. I'm going to be faithful to you. I'm going to commit to you, and I'm going to do what you called me to do. You're going to have things come against you. You're going to have people try to, try to convince you, oh, God didn't tell you to do that. God didn't call you. If God, you're going to know when God calls you. You're going to know it. You're not going to even have to wonder about it. You're going to have that feeling that I know, that I know, that I know that God has called me to do this. And the thing to do it, pray to God, ask Him, God, you lead me, you guide me, and let me do what you want me to do. Because God, it's all for your glory. And, uh, and I don't know, maybe you remember when you said that, Lord, my life, I need to be free from this bondage of sin. Every one of us, every one of us, oh, I didn't sin, I don't have sin. That's not what the Bible says. It says, for we have all sinned and come short of the glory of God. Every one of us. There is no perfect person sitting in here. You have sinned. And if you say you haven't, you're making God out a liar. Because he said we did. He knows whether you have or whether you haven't. He knows when you sin. God wants to be a part of your life in such a way. Like I said, he was willing to do whatever he had to to take that sin away so you could be forgiven. You were separated from God until he got on that cross and shed that blood and you said yes to him. Then you were reconciled back to God God could hear your prayers. He could bless you, forgive your sin, and do a big work in you. And he's still working in many of us. He's not through. But we had bondage in our life. And we needed to be free from that. We needed to be free from the things of this world. Most of us were serving the world, doing what the world called you to do. I mean, the temptations of the world were so great. And they still are but we have to fight those temptations. But you called and you said, Jesus, be the Lord of my life. You were making a commitment. You wanted to change. You didn't like your life before. You didn't like the way you was living. You didn't like what was going on in your life, and you wanted to change. And you wanted that change to be Jesus Christ. You wanted to change your life to praise and serve God. You know, when you asked Jesus to come into your life, you were making a decision to serve the Lord. That's the decision you was making that day. Lord, I want to serve you. Send your son. Let him be in my life. And whether you realize it or not, at that moment when you proclaimed Jesus Christ, you were doing something. You were pledging your allegiance your devotion, your loyalty, your commitment, and your very life to God and His Son, Jesus Christ. We, most of us don't think about that. But after all Jesus did, when you said, come into my life, I want you. You were pledging yourself to Christ. Do you realize that when you asked Jesus Christ to come into your life, that you were proclaiming what Paul proclaimed? Listen to this. In Galatians 
Chapter 2, verse 20. Paul says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet, not I, but Christ lives in me. Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. He said, I don't live for myself. It's not me living. I was crucified with Christ. It is now me living with the Holy Spirit. It is now me and the Holy Spirit living in me that I serve Christ. He gives us help. He knows we need help. So he gave you that Holy Spirit to live on the inside of you it says that Holy Spirit comforts you. He walks beside you. He guides you. He instructs you. He is with you constantly. Listen to that still small voice inside your head. Listen to that little voice. Because that's God talking, getting your attention, guiding you, leading you. Instructing you. You need to know, and a lot of us don't realize it, but it took a boldness on your part to say that you no longer wanted to live for yourself. That you wanted to serve Christ and that you no longer wanted to seek your own will for yourself. And that you will live for the things that you will not live for the things of this world any longer for the world's pleasures, the money, and the possessions that the world can give you. Your desire now should be Jesus Christ living in me. But what you want to, but that you want to seek God's will is what we want to do, seek God's will for your life. To do what God wants you to do. You want to, serve, you want to please God more than you want to please yourself. Now, if you feel like that, you're declaring that God comes first in your life. Let me ask you a question. Is God first in your life? Is He first? Things work out so much better when God's first. Things that you're going through when you put God first, you, do y'all realize that, that's, that when, when God is number one in your life, He's going to divert you away from a lot of things that will do you harm. He's going to warn you about it through the Holy Spirit. Don't go there. Don't do that. Don't associate with that person. There is so much evil in this world right now. God is watching over you. Your decision to become a Christian is strong and powerful as the one that, that, that <coughs> excuse me, is, <coughs> is the one that Joshua made. And all of you know what that decision was, and I'm going to read it to you. I hope you have made this same decision in your life and for your family. Joshua, chapter 24, verse 14 through 15. Listen to what Joshua says. He's talking to the Israelites. He's telling them, you need to make a decision. 
And Joseph, uh, Joseph, Joshua looked at him and said, Now therefore fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in truth and put away the gods which your father served on the other side of the flood. The gods that their father served on the other side of the flood was idols. He said, put that away. Don't serve idols. And in Egypt, and serve you the Lord. Put away all that other junk. Put away those idols. Put away those false gods. Serve the true living God. Then, then Joshua says, and, and if it seems evil unto you to serve the Lord. If it seems like, well, I don't need to serve God. Then he says this, listen. You choose this day to whom you will serve. Make a decision on whom you are going to serve. Are you going to serve those idols? Are you going to serve those false gods? You know, just think about this. A lot of people were serving carved stone that could do absolutely nothing. It was a dead object. It could do nothing in your life. But they was worshiping an idol made out of rock. They was worshiping an idol made out of wood. They could do nothing. It was dead. Our God is alive. And alive forevermore. Listening to us when we call on Him. We're not to serve idols. We're not to even have an idol in our house. Maybe some of you do. Maybe, maybe you somewhere you bought this little old trinket. If you've got an idol or a false god in your house, throw it away. Get rid of it. Get it out of your house. You don't need it. And it says right here, choose whom you're going to serve. Are you going to serve God? Are you going to serve those idols? Choose this day whom you are going to serve. <clears throat> he said, whether the gods of which your father served that were on the other side, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell right now. They were Amorites, they, they, they were pagans. They didn't know the true living God. They worshipped idols. Are you going to worship what these Amorites are worshipping? Are you going to worship God? But now listen, this is, what, this, is, this is what we need to tell people. But as far as me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We're not going to serve idols. We're not going to serve false gods. We are going to serve the one, the true, living God. The creator of all heaven and earth. The creator of everything. Idols created nothing. Idols could do nothing. Your God created you. Your God made you. Your God put His image in you. Remember, He said, let us make our image in man. Let's put our image. It's not flesh. God is spirit. That's what's living in you is the Holy Spirit. The very spirit of God is living in you. That's the image that God was talking about. The image of God. Because God is spirit. He's not flesh. 
when you came to Christ and pledged your allegiance to Him, that's probably the best decision you have ever made. But like those before you, you're also going to have to pay a price. When it's not thing is to be a Christian in this world today. It's not a popular thing to be a Christian in this world today. Because you've got haters, doubters, those that are going to make fun of you. Those that are going to laugh at you. Those that are going to put you down. Oh, you Jesus freak. Oh, thank you for calling me that. Because you love the Lord. People are going to laugh at you. Oh, you got the courage to keep serving the Lord, to keep loving the Lord, to keep walking with the Lord. No, it's not popular in, in this day and time to be a Christian. You know, a lot of people, when they make that decision, they don't realize this. They don't realize what they're going to go through. It's one thing, now listen, it's one thing to make a decision for Christ inside the church. Sitting in here, the pastor offers to come down to the altar to pray and to let Christ come into your life. You come down and you let Christ come into your life. You ask him to. You're doing this in front of the church or inside the church. You're doing it in the comfort of the church building and friends. You're doing it in front of them. But it's quite another thing to live up to it out in this world now. Full of unbelievers and full of haters. Can you take the criticism of being a Christian? Think about it. Can you take the criticism of serving God? Can you take the criticism of loving God? Can you take the criticism of serving God? I'm going to say this. If you cannot take that criticism and stand for God, you have not really accepted Jesus Christ. You don't have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of you. He's the one that gives you the power. Many people have walked away from the church because they couldn't take the criticism of being a Christian. Well, I'm losing friends. I don't have the friends I used to have. You know, when I became a Christian, the group of friends I had... I don't have them anymore. I'm not like them. I'm not who I used to be. I don't do the things I used to do. I don't go the places I used to go. I don't associate anymore with the people that I used to. It's not that I don't love them. I do. But we're different. We're different. I follow Christ. They follow the world. Follow Christ. Oh yes, you're going to be condemned for it. You're going to be made fun of it. You're going to be laughed at. Think about something. Jesus was made fun of. He was condemned. He was laughed at. He was criticized. He was humiliated. Did that stop Jesus? 
No. He went right on and did what the Father called him to do. What did he say when he was on the cross? Father, it is finished. He wouldn't say, Whew, I'm glad this is over. I'm glad I'm through doing this. No, he said, it is finished. I have done and completed everything that you sent me to do. I have brought redemption to mankind. I have forgiven their sins. Father, they have now, through me, been reconciled back to you. Think about it. When you accepted Jesus Christ, you were then reconciled back to God while you were separated from Him because of the sin. When Jesus died on that cross and you received Jesus, it says, well, what does it say? For the shed, for the shed, for, without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. Jesus had to shed His blood. And that was the most righteous, pure blood that could possibly have been shed. And he did it for us. He did it for us. You know, you don't need to make any mistakes about it, but there's a high price to pay to fulfill your decision to be a Christian. Are you prepared to be laughed at? Are you prepared to be made fun of? No, it will come. Jesus said, for we will have temptation. We will have things come against it. How did he, why did he say that? Because he had it come against him. He knew what was going to happen. But he says, I have overcome the world. And through Jesus, we overcome the world and the things in it. It's our decision. We decided, I want to be a Christian. Now it's time to live up to that decision. To be a Christian. To be full of love. To care. Jesus did. I just wonder, what would we do if we think about something? Before we do something, we ask ourselves, what would Jesus do? What would Jesus do in this situation? How would Jesus handle it? No, the Lord demands a total and unwavering alliance from us. Jesus made this clear to us when he walked this earth. When we say yes to Christ, we have made a commitment. Listen to what it says here in Luke chapter 9, verse 23 through 26. And Jesus said to them all, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. You're going to have a daily fight being a Christian. Whosoever will save his life shall lose it. How do you save your life? You're not a Christian anymore. You deny Jesus Christ. You deny serving him. 
You want to get back into this world. You don't want to be humiliated by the world anymore. But look at what it says in verse 25. For what is a man advantaged? What's to his profit? If he gains the whole world and loses himself or his soul. For whosoever shall be ashamed of me and of my words, of him shall the Son of Man be ashamed. When he shall come in his own glory and in his Father's and that of the holy angels. If we are ashamed of Christ, Christ will be ashamed of us. He will not confess us before the Father. Another one that says just about the same thing. Mark chapter 8 verse 36 For what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his soul? You lose your soul. You know what you've gained? Hell. You've denied Christ. Many people say once saved always saved. And I think, I, I think that's right in a way. But the question is, were you truly saved? See, that's the question. Were you truly saved? Did you truly, with all your heart, give your heart to Christ? Or was you pleasing somebody in the church? So they would quit asking you, are you a Christian? Do you need to be saved? You just say, okay, I'll go down. I'll get this over with. I won't be bugged by them anymore. I've seen that happen. It happened to me one time. I'll tell you what. I was a young man. I, I guess I was in my teens. I was going to Ash Creek Baptist Church. I made a visit there. I had a, the pastor come up, gave the invitation. I had two guys. I knew who they were come to me. Each one of them got on the other side of me and kind of just drove me down the aisle. I never went back to that church. It had to be my decision. Not theirs. Not them trying to look good in front of somebody. Oh, did you see them boys, how they talked to that young man and talked him into accepting Christ? It's not to glorify us. It's to glorify God. He's the credit. He's who the credit goes to. Not man. When man starts taking credit, that's wrong. You give the credit to where the credit goes, and that's to Jesus Christ for loving you, saving you from hell. So the decision that you make, except Jesus as your Lord, it's going to cost you. The price is high. And that's to die to yourself. And make him number one. Make him first. Above all things, Jesus Christ first. I hope all of you have done that.
I hope Jesus is number one in your life. Hope you're not looking around at man thinking man is going to save you. Man is not going to save you. Man can't save you. I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes unto the Father but through Jesus Christ. No man. No other way. Only through Jesus. You better tell your friends that. Oh, well, yeah, I don't know. I, there's got, you know I've even heard other preachers say it. I'm sure there's other ways to Christ, to God, other than just through Christ. There is no other way. Jesus Christ himself said there is no other way. It is only through him and what he did on the cross that you can come to God. That's it. Through Christ and Christ only. And I think probably every one of you have. I pray to God you have. If you haven't, I hope you'll do that today. I'm going to ask the, the, the band to come up. about it. When you made your commitment to Christ, you walked down to that altar and you said yes to Christ, was you doing it because your heart was telling you to do it or was you doing it to please somebody and it didn't really mean that much to you? You better think about it. We better think about it. When you accept Christ and you serve Him, your reward is great. It's wonderful. That reward is eternal life in heaven with God the Father and His Son Jesus Christ. Forever. That's your reward for being faithful and true to Jesus Christ. I want to thank each one of you for choosing Christ as your Savior for those who have. And I want to thank you personally from my heart for coming to this church, for choosing this church. I am proud to call you brother and to call you sister and to call you a friend because you are part of God's family. We're all part of God's family. We're all brothers and sisters in Christ. We should love each other as family, be there for each other, That's what God wants from us. He wants us to love each other as He loved us. So I'm going to ask the band to play. If you're not sure if you made that true decision for Christ, that today you will come to this altar and make that commitment, knowing what I've said, what you have heard, that when you make that commitment, it's going to cost you. But are you willing to pay the price? Think about it. Christ was willing to pay the price for you. Are you willing to serve God? He died for you. Are you willing to live for Him? So I'm going to ask the band to play. If you need to come to this altar, please do. If you just need prayer, please, I'll be down here and I'll be glad to pray with you. So God bless you. I hope you will make a decision if you haven't. And if you just need something, you just need prayer, please come down.